0: Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus, so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. take it or leave it. I am so excited that you are joining me here today because we are continuing our study on the Holy and powerful Word of God. And today we will be focusing and learning more about how Jesus is the sword. And we're going to go into much more detail than that but I want to remind you and encourage you today that it's Jesus who teaches us that if you abide in my word he says, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, and I'm going to read it again. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, and you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We've completed the study on the second kind of ground in the parable of the sower, which is mentioned in Mark 4, the stony ground where the word of God or the seed fell onto in the person, right? Because remember, the grounds represent a specific type of person. The person was so happy to receive the word of God, and immediately they rejoice, and yet they stumble. We concluded That tribulations is the road that allows for the word to grow in us. Meaning that the word of God will lead us to tribulations and afflictions and persecutions. We've discussed this. If this is not jogging your memory, I do encourage you to pause this podcast. Go watch previous podcasts until you are caught up and then join me right back here. Amen? Amen. Because of tribulations, we develop deeper roots. We are more steadfast, meaning when the persecution comes into our lives, we're anchored, amen? We're anchored, and we remain in Christ no matter what. The tribulations, afflictions, and persecutions is God's process of making candidates for heaven, amen? Difficult is the way, and only few shall find it, meaning few will find heaven. It's Jesus who says that difficult is the way, and only few shall find it. There's a narrow road we are to find and walk. On that road are many trials and tribulations. This is mentioned in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, and I encourage you to read that on your own. We have to put to death flesh. Flesh cannot travel on the narrow path, and I'm, I'm talking spiritually. We must die to our flesh and kill self, but spiritually, okay, not physically, We are required to die spiritually to ourselves every day so that we can reach the victory. And this is the battle that we will see on the narrow path. You know, Apostle Paul, he did not change for nothing. He was changed as he was serving the Lord. Apostle Paul shared of his growth. and said it was because of tribulation, which is lined up to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Romans 5, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 here, and it's discussing how faith triumphs in trouble. And it says in verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So through our Lord Jesus Christ is why we have peace, okay? Verse two, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we have access to this through Jesus. Verse three, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. And you read that right. When we encounter tribulations, we glory in it knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. I can't stress enough that we glory. We glory in tribulations because some people, as soon as they encounter tribulations, afflictions, persecutions, as soon as they encounter troubles, they're sad and disappointed. Why? Because they're struggling. They're worried about their reputation. They start to focus on themselves. Tribulations, we learned here, produces perseverance. Perseverance is the ability to stay focused to finish a task, okay? It's not like someone who is easily distracted when serving God and then suddenly they're not serving. Maybe they're in church and then they're not in church, right? I'm talking about perseverance. I'm not talking about somebody who's doing the cha-cha in and out of church backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Paul said, I glory in tribulation. Why? Because we are living in the word of God. Amen. Perseverance is not patience. Okay. Those are commonly uh, mixed up. Perseverance is not patience because patience is being able to persevere without being angry. So though you are encountering tribulations, you're not angry, right? You're glorying in it. If you've never been persecuted because of the word of God, where will your character come from? You know, something that I've noticed is that when your character changes for the glory of God, your friends are going to leave you. They will speak negatively. They will not stand up for you. They won't reach out to you. They're going to leave you. And you know what? It's okay. It's life in Christ that we're after. It's where the word of God will lead you. Amen. Continuing on in verse 4 of Romans chapter 5, it says, In perseverance, character. And in character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Okay, so it says, in character, hope. So, how can you have hope in God if the character of Jesus is not formed in you? Okay? It cannot be formed if you don't persevere. There's an order here, okay? We need to pay attention to the word of God because he is specific Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Amen? I want to take you to Isaiah 55. You should have this verse memorized by now, and so should I. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall not return to God void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. Okay, so the word of God will not be wasted. We know this by now. Release the word and it does not return to God with no effect. People think it it was wasted sometimes when they go and they release the word, but God says it's not. And I trust God's word than man's, okay? It's God himself who through the prophet Isaiah shared these words that his word does not return to him void. It will do and accomplish what he pleases. Moving on to Jeremiah 23, 29, it says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Amen. We've been reviewing these verses in every single podcast since learning more about the study of the holy and powerful word of God. And it is holy and powerful. It does not return to God void, and it breaks everything down. It destroys everything. It will burn it up, and if it can't, it's going to destroy it with a hammer. Powerful. You know, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So we're not after only hearing and reading the stories in the Bible. We should be after the command that's coming out of those stories. For example, it's good to know the details of Noah's Ark, right? We want to know how long it is, how tall it was. That's good info. You can go to seminary and be filled with lots of information like this. But without the understanding of the story of Noah, what is God saying to us? These things mean nothing. We don't grow in character with just information. We grow as we honor the commandments of God. So we ought to learn the commandments of God. And I'm not talking just about the Ten Commandments, though those are extremely important. There are commandments of God in everything that we read in the Bible. So our tribulations are what grows us, not knowledge. Another example, you can know how old Moses was when he was serving the Lord. It's good to know he was 80. Right? He was 80 when he was sent back to Egypt. But how does that help you? It doesn't. It's like AI, right? Artificial intelligence. Many churches are teaching things like this. And Satan is using just knowledge to create copy and paste messages right? It's like an AI preaching. There is no spirit in artificial intelligence, okay? A person must take the information and understand it. What does this have to do with me, we are to think? What is God telling me to do? What is God telling you now? Right? So when you start to look at everything that you read in the Bible with that attitude, with those thoughts, it's not just info. It's a ministry. We must meditate and dwell in the word day and night it's not about just hearing the story but understanding the instructions from the story in which we read why so we can implement it into our life you know many people they enjoy taking pictures and sharing with others today this isn't wrong to share where they've been right for example if an american goes to japan but doesn't understand a lot of japan why because they didn't dwell in the place to understand their location. Yes, they've been to Japan, but have they really been submerged in the culture? Right? They can't speak very intelligently about the culture, the language, the food, right? They don't know the locations that the locals know. All of it. We need to specialize in the words we hear and understand it, because as we seek it and we grasp God's command, we will understand that this is essential to our spiritual growth. And then what? We grow spiritually. We must submerge ourselves into the Word of God. The narrow way will produce perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope. Perseverance, character, then hope. Say that. Perseverance, character, then hope. In the Word of God, there is meat for us to eat, the Word of God has nutrients. We need to absorb, praying as we read and as we're learning, Lord, what do you want me to do? What change do you want in my life? Help me. I want to know what you're saying to me. And we need meat every day or we become weak. It's the same way with the word. Without it, without the word, we weaken spiritually. And then what? When we're spiritually weak, the enemy moves in. So we need the sword. The word is the sword of the spirit and together the word and the Holy Spirit work inside of you and me. Okay. Jesus is the will of God and Jesus is the word. You see, everything works together. The word is the sword. So Jesus is the sword. You can't have Jesus without having the Holy Spirit. And you cannot have the Holy Spirit without having the word. There are so many churches today filled with Christians cheering and saying hallelujah when they hear the word, but they don't have the word, meaning they don't truly understand. So I don't understand how you're celebrating. Jesus is the word. I want to take you to John 1. And it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's complicated, but that is what this verse is saying. Verse 2 He was in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Okay, so in the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We also see some pronouns here. The Word is male. Jesus came into the world as the sword. Okay, he's a male. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 10, verses 34. We're going to read to verse 37, and it says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So remember that Jesus is the word and the sword. What we learn here is that Jesus came to divide. Christ brings division. Jesus came to sever relationships. We're going to review this again later in this podcast. What we need to understand is that today, churches need to teach the true teaching of Jesus. And you don't need a big building to do this or many members. Did you actually know today that there are cursed nations because they love families more than Jesus? They love their families more than God, despite how clear his words are. They may know the name of Jesus, right? They may even go to church, but they still live in their culture of family first. Those nations do not prosper. They're never giving, only receiving. Why? Because Jesus comes as a sword. If you love anyone more than him, you're not worthy of him. You're not going to be blessed. Did you also know that if you are not making changes in the kingdom of God, that you don't need to worry about demons? Why? Well, demons aren't worried about you. Unless we are resisting the devil, we will not grow spiritually. We are to sin no more. God said that. The understanding of the word is critical, meaning our grasping of the Lord's command and what he says, whether it's a story or a parable, It's needed for spiritual growth. The words that we hear, we must also understand. When we learn and listen, we must understand what it is God is telling us to do. There's always a lesson, and it's what we need to grow spiritually. We take the word, and we understand it. We identify the meat of the word so we can chew it. We read Isaiah 55, 11 earlier, and this verse should bring fear to all if it's understood. The word of God will not return to him void. It will do what he pleases it to do. God says here, what I please, meaning what will make him happy. Right? The word will grow. We also read Jeremiah 23, 29. We've read this again in several podcasts, but I want to remind you that the fire can't burn everything. And the Lord knows that he created everything. So he mentions the hammer. And I have a question for you. Have you ever asked God to speak to you? Are you waiting for the audible voice from God? Meaning a voice that you can physically hear? I think it's important that we learn how God speaks to us through his words. And I want to take you to Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. And it says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we read the words in the Holy Book, right? the Bible, the words of God. We partake it and understand it. We meditate upon it so that we can understand and abide in it and execute the calling in our life. The word is a must for the Holy Spirit to work. Remember, the word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And we can look to God's word to confirm that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. This is about the armor of God, but verse seventeen says, "And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." There it is, right there. So, how can the Holy Spirit work without the word of God? You know, don't take your Bible when you war with demons—a physical Bible or a cross—that is often uh, pictured in in movies, right? That doesn't help you in those moments. It is you that must present yourself with the life that pleases the Lord, meaning you are living a life that he commands, resisting the devil, putting sin to death daily. The words will be in your hearts, engraved and understood. The demons will be resisted if you do that, and they're going to flee from you. That is the promise of God, and it's in his holy words. Demons see the way that you live. They're in the air. We discuss this deeply when learning the breastplate of righteousness. So when you try to rebuke demons, when you're not living a Christ-like life, the demons will stay. They may even laugh at you. They see you. Do you remember when Jesus showed up to the possessed man? The man was so violent and possessed with many demons, but the demons recognized not the body of Jesus, but the spirit of Jesus inside the body. The demons saw that. The demons were shocked because what was Jesus doing on earth in a body? They asked, have you come to torture us? Right? Because again, they saw the spirit. Have you come to torture us? They recognized Jesus. Okay? The demons see your spirit. Remember the Jewish exorcists in Acts chapter 19? When those priests tried to exorcise the demons out of the person, the demons audibly said, who are you? And they overcame the priest, meaning they beat them up. And the priests ran out of there naked. How shameful. We must have the word inside us. And it, it must be understood because as Christians, when we hear the word, we seek to understand it because immediately we abide in it. And by faith, we live it out in our lives. I know I say that again and again, but we need to know it. We need to understand it. If you don't understand a word that you hear, ask questions Take it to somebody. Get godly counsel. Ask questions. Just like in school, you ask questions when you don't understand something. Make sure you're getting clarity. Jesus is the sword, and we all need the sword. I need it, and you need it. I want to take you to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read, starting in verses 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Okay, we read this earlier, and I want to I wanna bring it back because I really want to drive home that he's male. And he was in the beginning and the Word is a person. Again, masculine. So there is a Word who is God and was with God. And I want you to remember we have one God and three entities, okay? We've got God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Many want to argue these details. But to that I just say, Why? Let's just live for God and we'll find out later because it's very complicated to understand. We're going to find out later when we die. Everyone will find out. Verse 3 All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Okay, all things. Made through who? Jesus. Not the Father or the Holy Spirit. The Father endorsed all things on his son, Jesus. Jesus was chosen. Without Jesus, there would be nothing. He is the one thing needed. You see, this verse here, John 1, verse 3, it's redundant. He says it differently to ensure we understand that without Jesus, there would be nothing. We read Matthew 10, 34 to 37 earlier, but I want to break this down further for you. And I hope you're taking good notes because this podcast is filled with so much scripture. It's, it's really, really important that you're taking notes so that you can revisit it and understand it, okay? Christ brings division, Matthew 10, verse 34, it says, do not think I came to bring peace on earth. Jesus is saying this. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So what is a sword? It's a weapon, right? We've all seen a sword. It cuts and it divides things. Verse 35, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So do you love your family? I do. Many say they love God more, but their life says otherwise. This is the doctrine of demons. Because God is clear here that he's going to set man against his father or daughter against his mother. To say it the other way, love your family more than God. That's a doctrine of demons, switching the order. For example, don't love your neighbor more than God, but some strive to love neighbors more rather than live a godly life. Okay? Verse 36 And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So does the Lord say your enemies can be those of his own household? No. Jesus says he will be. It will happen. You cannot follow Christ and be yoked with unbelievers. You will have to step out of your culture or your love of family to serve God. God is explaining that it will be an inside job. There will be enemies in your own home, not your neighbor. You know, Satan's very smart. Don't downplay Satan. Jesus is the greatest and the most powerful, of course. But don't think that Satan is a powerless fool. He's smart. Okay? It, it, the more that we need to abide in Jesus, right, to resist. Verse 37. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So you must love Jesus More than you love your family or yourself. Make sure your husband or wife loves the Lord more than you. You have to love your children, yes, but not more than God. You can't condone wrong things. We side with Jesus all the time. How can the Holy Spirit work inside a man without the understanding of the Word of God? Remember, demons are not afraid of the Bible. They know it better than most humans. But the demons fear those who understand the word of God and abide by it. Without the command of God alive in us, we won't be a match for Satan. Don't you want to be steadfast in the Lord, one who's bold and armed with the knowledge of God? I do. We're almost to the end here. I want to take you to John chapter 14, verse 26, where it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, so that's a capital H, The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Jesus said that. So your remembrance. So all things Jesus said. How? By his words, not his audible words. Okay? how can the Holy Spirit remind us if we have nothing inside of us? We must have the understanding of the word in us. And that's up to us. Okay, it's up to us to get the understanding because we must understand. Too many today only feel temporary joy when they go to church. Why is this? Because they have no understanding. Instead, they just keep immediately rejoicing once they hear the word. But people must understand the command of God in those words. Jesus left earth and sent the Holy Spirit, and it is him. Right. Remember, we serve a God three in one. The Holy Spirit is Jesus and is God. The Spirit is the one teaching you all things today. You see, without the word of God, the Holy Spirit can't work. It's the Holy Spirit that as you are encountering life, he says inside of you, remember this verse? He convicts us. He teaches us. He guides us. He is the power we need inside of us. The word of God does not return to him void. It can bless you if you listen or curse you if you ignore it, and that's the truth. Too many are waiting for an audible voice. It's just an excuse. Everything you need to know is in his words in the Holy Bible, and it's accessible to you today. The voice of God is heard within a man or woman by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. If it's not heard, then the word of God is not in a man or woman. It's as easy as that. The word comes to us, amen? And by faith, we exercise the command of God in our life. Faith comes from hearing, remember. In closing, Romans chapter 10, verses 15 to 17 say, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when we hear the word of God, we are to be moving. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing is a must. I encourage you to share this message with others so that others can hear the word of God And live out his commandments in their life it's critical because Jesus is coming back heaven and hell are real and we will spend our lives our eternal lives in one of two places heaven or hell and the choice is yours the choice is mine we work out our own salvation and we must study his word and meditate upon it day and night so that we can understand the character of God more so that we can change and move forward in his ways Amen. this is shared with the love of the Lord. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.